Morning, Luke. How are you? I'm well, mate. Um, I'm just watching some of these trials from Rose Hill this morning. I see Alligator Bludge just won a barrier trial. Um, Adam Hieronymus on this morning. Yeah, and and it's getting that time of year. I think we saw on Tuesday, we saw a couple of nice ones go run, a Blanc de Blanc mm. um, back um, and Maximal coming back after 12 months. You know, it's getting to that time of year where the trials become almost as interesting as the racing. Yeah, it sure is, mate. Uh, good to see him back. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head how many Group 1s he's he's won, but it'd be a dozen or, or more. Um, he's yeah. a 15-time winner of $8 million. He's just He's just continued to get better. And considering he had that kissing spine where yeah. he had to have the operation on on his back, it's a remarkable horse that's... Um, Found his, found his way to being one of the best in the country. Mate, I think Adrian Bott deserves a, uh, a, bit, of, uh, a bit of a slap on the back uh, for how, how well he's going. I mean, we know Gay is a Hall of Famer. She's one of the best ever, and she's still a big part of that stable. But particularly in Sydney, Adrian really is calling the shots now. And day to day, he's the one who's got his fingerprints all over these horses. And I just feel he's... He's doing a super job, and yes, Gay will always be um, talked of as one of the greats. But I feel like Bot is certainly going to make his name uh, as well, and I can just see them their stable continuing to be a massive force in Australian racing for many years to come. The the good thing about them about Adrian is that he he, he doesn't overplay his hand. Like we we all know, Gay Gay's very enthusiastic and get and can come out with the statements and. I think that that's what's where she's great for racing. But Aiden, he just gets there, does the job, and you know he knows his horses. And you can just see with some of these preparations, you know, there's a there's a slow build up into it, and he he just they they get it right. They've got the right mix, I think. Absolutely, some names, uh, new names in Sydney racing there this morning at the trials as well. Stefano Kirchi uh, has trialled a horse. Um, another name there that I. I'm not too familiar with um, as well that I read earlier. So you see this, um, a lot of these riders from overseas, the likes of Dara Keenan, uh, et cetera, from the UK, from Ireland, this time of year they come over for a bit of experience and uh, some of them are race riding, some of them not. Um, but, I mean, it, it offers so much opportunity, Australian racing, doesn't it, whether it's on a full-time basis or just an experience for a uh, a jockey or for a a horse person, an assistant trainer, or even if you're just a strapper, um, just offers so much opportunity, doesn't it? Yeah, what 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 it does, and you'll find this with every, any jockey that goes overseas and, and gets a music experience, it's a different way of doing things. You you pick up different ways of, of, of riding. Like, uh, I know you, you and Alicia come come from Singapore, and I'm, I'm sure, that, sure there was... Um, Alicia picked up things there that she she wouldn't have learned in New Zealand when she was riding over there. Like it's just, it is a melting pot um, racing, and you and you need to have a have a look at every how things can be done differently. And um, you know that's what these people are over here they're learning how how we work on a circle rather than on a on straight gallops. A lot of them, so it's um, yeah. it's a different way of doing things. And um, there's no right or wrong way as long as you can get the best out of your horse. Spot on. On jockeys, Rose Hill Saturday will certainly feature uh, names that we're very familiar with, but they take centre stage. Uh, Tom Sherry's uh, on a number of favourites. Jet Stanley rides the 250 favourite in the January Cup, uh, which is uh, the feature race at the weekend worth 200000 So 
this time of year. Um, these jockeys get their opportunity and certainly Jet uh, deserving of that. He works very hard. He's apprenticed to Nisham there and he can ride light. So he takes the, the mount there at 53 kilos on Naval College. Yeah, and then, uh, an interesting one. Uh, I guess when you look at that, that race, we've got um, the up-and-coming stars that are sort of coming through their grades and getting to open class against a horse like Nunsies that's been around nearly every carnival and um, sort of gives them a benchmark of where they would stand against those horses coming through. So interesting race. Um, Sam Clipperton also having a... having He's got only got five, but he's, he's looking at a horse like Gallant Star as a, a horse that will take him to a big race during the carnival. He's very confident it's right up the country championship level and, you know, this is the next step for it on Saturday. So um, he rides Nunsies. He's been going out to Chris... Chris Lee's place and riding a bit of work. He's got a farm up up north. He goes up, stays the night there, and then goes in and rides a bit of work at Chris Lee's. So Sam working very hard to get um, to get those those rides. It's so competitive in Sydney. You know, you know, you've got to you've got those top ones, but that next five or six jockeys, they're all tussling to become you know to jump up into the Tommy Berry, James McDonald, Nashville level. You know, so yep. it's just a it's it's just a, a real opportunity for these young young jockeys to show their talents without without um, the big names there. On Sam, uh, one of his key rides at the weekend will be Louisville in race six, uh, horse number eight. He's um, been the bridesmaid his last three starts, a winner first up at Canterbury. I'm sure they'll be hoping uh, that that ratio of placings to wins just starts to swing towards wins. But I guess with his racing style, it's it's hard for him to win all the time. But Barrier one at the weekend, I just wonder out to 1,800 metres, can he settle that little bit closer and give himself a chance to pounce? He seems to get caught flat-footed in his races when they when they sprint, but and then he sort of goes through his gears and really attacks the line late. Like, over a mile, he just hasn't been able to do that. I think there's been two or three times where he's, you know, he's been the strongest to the line, but, you know, the race is run and won by then. So, um, he, I think... 1800 and 2000 will be his his trip. It's just whether um, the inside is a good barrier for him because I think he's a horse that has to get out and roll. Yeah, true. I agree with that. Uh, mate, a lot of these lightweighted horses really dominate the card too. I mean, off-season type racing, I think it is an advantage to be down in the weights. Um, for example, you've got infancy for Chris Lees uh, in race number four, third up, dropping down to 53 and a half uh, has been the, the subject of Good early money, seven fifty offered now. A three fifty chance. Car bling in a, a later race on the program as the lightweight fifty two a half. Uh, it's been well backed. Uh, race five, Kitty Chat trying to graduate from midweek racing carries the fifty two and a half kilos. So we're seeing a bit of a pattern there at the weekend that the market has gravitated to these horses with a weight advantage. Yeah, it's. I, I look at these races and sort of. I think sometimes you you can start at the top with them, but like because those horses have earned the right to be at the top of the market. And you look at them at the top of the weights and you, you look at the ones coming through and I know they've got potential. I know Naval College is a really nice horse. You know, Kitty Chats had two starts and one wing, you know. It's a big jump to be jumping at the grades they do. And sometimes they just need that one, or, one run or experience at that level, just the extra pressure, you know, that they have to face and things like that. So it's uh, it's... That's what makes racing at this time of year interesting. And, you know, if you can find the, the horse that's, you know, coming through its grades, they can string three three and four together pretty quickly. Yeah, spot on. I see uh, Estadio Mastea 
has a new stable. Now with Joe Pride, uh, he runs in race eight, number nine at the weekend, uh, formerly with Waller, and he just didn't quite live up to that early promise um, last time in, but it wasn't like he was going awful. His runs were still quite good, but it appears he's changed ownership there as well, and um, a new chapter of his career. He's won a recent trial at Warwick Farm there. Yeah, he's gone through. I think he went through the English sale there, English digital sale. So, you know, um, Jay Pride, a master of getting these um, older horses and and getting them to um, to get the um, to to take the next step. So we'll we'll see what happens. And um, it's one of those again another race where you look at it and go, well, where does this where where does he fit in and is he going to go to that level that we all thought he would? Mm. It'll be interesting, won't it? Uh, whether yeah. whether he can. Um, I'm just trying to find out what they paid for him um, online, but uh, oh, there uh, it doesn't display. Uh, it doesn't display. So uh, yeah. unsure how much he cost um, via that dispersal sale, but yeah, look a change of environment. Warwick Farms different to Rose Hill and vice versa, so that might just help him. Um, but Jake I, says when he gets to these horses, he doesn't do, he doesn't sort of want to know much about them. He just, he just puts them into his system and yeah, sees how, makes sees sense. what happens. He's not, he's not one of the one, one of the, one of the trainers that will, you know, basically go in there and do the, um, change anything, change, change to the horse. The horse gets into his his um, his um, system and then he works out. He wants to work it out for himself, so he sort of takes them as a blank canvas rather than what they've done before. Mate, any other news before I let you go? No, just up here at the Magic Millions, of course, there's been a dozen million-dollar horses. That, you know, sometimes seems these days that we we sort of skim over those those things and 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 look look at them because we expect them. So you know, it's not you know, it's the one that's out of the box. I think they're too damn hot. Um, sale topper yesterday surprised everyone. Um, 1.9 million. I think there was five different bidders over a million dollars, which is just a, just amazing. So obviously attracted a lot of interest, and um, he found a home at Kieran Mars. So um, the the um, sale continues for the next couple of days. I'm sure we'll see um, numerous other million dollar horses, but. You know, it's what they do on the track that counts for punters in particular, and you know, you know, they get, they they can they they don't know their price tag when they walk into a stable. Yeah, driving home from Warwick Farm last night, I was fantasising uh, over owning a, a written by or <laughs> an I'm Invincible. Just imagine <laughs> it'd be it'd be some ride on the track, and then well, after that, you could retire and just enjoy the uh, the fruits of. Their their progeny. So um, it'd be cool. A listener just texted me too and said sixty five thousand for a Stadio Mustaya. So um, I'll take that on. Well, well, one win, one Saturday winning, you're almost out of it. Aren't yeah. You? So that's the, that's the beauty of that. And, mm. um, I'm sure there's a there's a few more wins left in him. Yeah, assuming that that is correct, and I've no reason to doubt it. It wouldn't be. Uh, so appreciate that piece of information filtering through. Chris Roots, you have a good Thursday. No problem. Thanks. See you, mate. Bye.